unbelievable, right? That they managed to kind of resuscitate themselves and transform themselves. But they had, they might be a sui generis, you know, it's maybe they were just in such an unusual position and had, were so deeply rooted in so many parts of the world and had such a deep bench that that was possible. But the rule is you don't get to, it's not going to last longer than a generation or so. Maybe that's, maybe part of the answer is that's fine as long as you don't think about Google, as long as you think about you, right? So um, years ago, I remember doing this, it's the first time I, this was hit home to me. Um, I went to Rochester, and in Rochester, in the, used to be a high technology hub, right? Kodak, uh, Xerox, Bausch & Lohm. But one of the biggest employers in Rochester high-tech employers in the 1960s was uh, General Dynamics, I think General Dynamics, one of the big defense contractors. They employed vast numbers of engineers. And they basically, their business model implodes after the Vietnam War, and they shut down their operations in Rochester and moved away. And everyone said, oh my God, it's over. Right, one of the biggest employers in town has folded. And what happened if you went back 10 years later was you discovered that the talent that left, that was kicked out of General Dynamics, went on to start so many startups in Rochester that they sparked a whole second wave that ended up actually being, um, in terms of employment and income brought into the city, greater than the benefit General Dynamics had, had risen. In other words, so Google may f fall one day, probably will, but you won't. You all guys will all, hopefully, many of you will go on and do other incredibly cool things because of what you, in part, what you learned while you were here. So you, you can look at it two ways. There's a pessimistic view, but there's also a view that says, no, it's part of the natural cycle. You probably don't want to be working at Google. Am I? Is this horrible to say? Um, 25 years from now. You know, you, nor does society want you to be if, if this company doesn't evolve in dramatic. Maybe it will. I mean, I'm just using Google as a stand-in for, let's use another company. Let's say, let's say Microsoft. I mean, at this point, would the world be better off if Microsoft disappeared tomorrow? M yeah. How many, how many unbelievably talented people are trapped working on the umpteenth version of Word? Right? Like, that's not a good use of 150 IQ points. Um, so I don't, you know, I would, I'd be, I would be less... Um, I'd be more kind of sanguine about this problem than you might be at the moment. Awesome, thank you. <laughs> I can't think of a better note to end on, so.
so I can figure out their systems. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about the information. I wanted to know their systems. How was they teaching? What, how did the professor break? Like, what was type of questions the professor was asking? What was the curriculum? Like, how did they break their stuff down? And I took everything that I felt was the best from that situation, and I implemented it into my online business school. And they teach based on case studies. So I took that element and I added that element to my business school. They have professors, but I'm a strong believer in you can only take me as far as you got yourself. So how are you going to teach me how to have a million-dollar business if you never had a million-dollar business? If I want to get to $100 million, how are you going to teach me how to get there if you've never been there yourself? Mentors are the GPS to success. That's how you're going to get there in a record-breaking time. They're going to talk to you and tell you what moves to make, how to get there the quickest. So when I realized that, I said, okay, I'm going to replace the professors and I'm going to add millionaire mentors. Mm. People that's already where you want to be at in life based on the skill set. So not putting somebody in there to talk about all topics. Only talk about the topics that you're proficient at. So if you're proficient at sales and you did $40 million in sales, come here. Come sit in the seat. I need you to teach my students. You do marketing, oh, you you spend a a million dollars in a month? Oh, okay. Come sit down, teach my students how to do Facebook and Instagram ads. Oh, you're a leader? Okay, how many people you lead? Oh, two, you lead 2,000 people and they're gone, gun ho about you? All right, come on. I need you to teach my students how to do leadership and so on and so forth. And that's how I built out the academy. So you're learning from real life people who killing it right now. Not the, I'm going to get this information. I ain't going to tell nobody this. You know those people. I ain't going to tell nobody this. Ain't nobody going to know about this. And they keep it to themselves, And that's what keep us back because we get the information and we get told the game is to be sold, not told. Don't introduce them to the plug. When I go with Kit, Katie and Mary and them, they introducing me to every goddamn yeah. body. <laughs> so just implementing what I've learned from that and put accountability into it. Giving them their own mastermind groups where they meet once a month. They talk about their issues, personal business and have a sounding board, giving them uh, a way to uh, have micro micro goals instead of massive goals because in life you got to have micro goals so you have micro celebrations until you get to that goal. But we demotivate it until we get to that main goal because we didn't get to it yet. So we get turned off. But if you got little micro goals, you're getting celebrations and you got the morale still up until you get to the big goal. Mm-hmm. So I, I put that into the school also. So not only you got the accountability, but I make everybody get accountability partners. Second thing is making sure they know how to execute on their tasks. Call it the power list. This is and fire, then, bro. This is crazy. And then, <laughs> funny, man. And then you have the millionaire mentors. 
And then we have, we give everybody, we, we, we dedicate everybody to a, a main person. So if they have questions, they can get unstuck. Because a lot of people give up because they're just stuck and they got questions and they ain't got nobody to talk to. So as soon as you get into the program, you do your orientation. Just like a college. Just like, this is a university. Uh, orientation. We're going to map out how we do things. What's our core values? How we rock around here? How we support each other? So if somebody falls down at the finish line, you dusting them off and say, come on, let's go. We got this. They give you a problem, you shoot them back a solution. No judge zone, and we build a community, right? And then you have that, and then after that, you get a welcome call. We welcome you. Welcome to the family. Let me know you need anything. I'm your designated contact. We rock with you. Wow. Q&As twice a week. Whatever questions you got, we had to answer them for you. Amazing. We ain't leaving until you're ready. And then I jump on and I do a set. I meet all my students. Talk to my students. We talk. Have mm-hmm. conversation. I want to know about you. What's going on? Why did you purchase the program? All right, what's going through your mind? How can I help you? What are your challenges? and really know and understand who I'm marketing to so I can know exactly how to deliver the best product to them. And on that note, they can text my number, 786-661-1224. Text me the hashtag masterclass and just text me masterclass. Is there anything we could just like special for our listeners? Okay. Matter of fact, don't text that number. All right. <laughs> we'll, we got we'll, some. We'll, so just click the link below. Okay. It'll be in the bio um, or, or it'll be in the caption. I just want to be able to do something special for the listeners, man. Because, I mean, they've been studying at your feet for the last almost hour and a half. And, I mean, you're really, really dropping gems. And I just want to know, you know, if, if there's something that we could do. I don't know, but. Click the link. You know, if there's something that we can do, it will be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A little link somewhere. Yeah, a little link somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Love you, Spec. All right. um, Okay. So how many people are in the university? 7,000. Got 7,000 people? Well, Harvard before Harvard became Harvard. Self-education is key. Which means this thing works. Oh, you don't for get sure. seven thousand people in a for program. sure it works. For sure. So normally, if if, if, if the bargaining against the uh, loaning your money against a certain rate or a market, and right now markets are like zero, so you should get really good loans. I mean, you know, but they're not gonna give away the farm, you know. I mean, I don't know what your assets are. It all matters. But um, you should definitely uh, try to bargain with every bank. You know, don't be afraid to bargain. And don't be afraid to get a second opinion. Because then you can play them against each other. <clears throat> but it did seem unreasonable what they're asking. I don't know what your assets are, but, you know. All right, good luck. You have a call. You have a call. I don't believe it. Somebody's calling. Hello. Hello. Hey, how are hey, you today? It's Ben. How's it going? Good. good, good. What can we do for you? 
so I'm uh, I'm actually from Toronto, uh, and I worked in a uh, an investment shop in real estate here for the last four or five years. And I got together uh, with a partner that's going to provide uh, a significant amount of capital as well as debt for us to start buying U.S. multifamily assets. And so the first place we started looking uh, was in St. Pete, uh, St. Petersburg. And I wasn't sure. We're, we're looking at either uh, larger assets, like 100 to 200 doors at a time, or we're going to buy like a large number of kind of 10, 10 to 20 unit assets. Uh, and I was curious, He's you know, breaking for up, first multifamily deals, what you would suggest. Listen, don't come over here to St. Pete trying to buy my goddamn deals up. You stay in Toronto and buy some shit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm joking. Uh, Toronto, Canada people got watching this. That's the way like ours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you want to come over to St. Pete and buy up some of this good old American real estate, huh? You know why? Yeah. You know why everybody wants to come here? Tell them why you uh, can't buy it in Toronto. Uh, all the upside is priced in, and we have red controls. It's called socialism, correct? Yeah. Yes, sir. Top marginal tax rate is 58%. Well, you know, I feel for you. But anyway, I mean, you know, a lot of guys, people from Canada down here buying real estate, I mean, and, and owning real estate. I mean, you know, you got to get with the big brokers and see if the numbers make sense for you guys. You need to get the return you're looking for. I think there's a lot of good deals getting ready to come to the table, you know, but, you know, you need to get with the guys that are moving that product and work with them. Um, you know, all the big, you used to, you know who the brokers are? Uh, yeah, I'm starting to familiarize myself. I have some connections at, uh, Seabury and Abenson Young. Well, that's so it. Either, basically, you got to go around and hit them all. You got to hit them all yeah. and say, hey, listen, this is what we're looking for. What do you got? They even advertise them on their websites or whatever or get on their their, their list that they, they send out every time. But, you know, you already know. You got CBRE. You got Franklin Street. You got Bricadia. You got this guy named, I think he went off on his own. I think he just picked something up in St. Pete, Jamie May. Jamie May. Uh, he's got stuff, something I think just came up in St. Pete. Hit them all. You got to go to all of them and say, hey, show me what you got. And you put them on a table. You guys are smart guys. You underwrite them, see if they make sense. But it's dangerous right now because you know even here in this capitalistic, wonderful place, you cannot evict nobody right now. You know that. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how long that's going to go on for, but, you know, right now you got to be careful with multifamily because I'm starting to feel a pinch in my multifamily. You know, this whole situation we're going through is definitely affecting every aspect of real estate right now. Every aspect I can think of is being affected by it, except maybe maybe grocery stores. So, um, you know, be careful right now also. You don't want to overpay because you might be looking at a, a major reduction in value soon. Yeah, no, of course. Of All right. Course, uh, well, good luck to yeah, you. No. And uh, listen, if you stay in Tampa, stay in one of my hotels in Tampa near the airport. 
No, I will, I will tell you quickly uh, that, you know, uh, my parents had a place on, on Treasure Island in the past, so I was at uh, John's Pass constantly, so I love that place. Oh, good. Come back. Spend some money. <laughs> Go Thank on a pirate ship. Go parasailing. Go jet skiing. Go on a dolphin tour. Eat in a restaurant. Play in the arcade. Eat ice cream. Have a hot dog. What else? I made the goddamn guy. All right, take care. I made the goddamn guy. He keeps crying to me. He ain't making no money in the yogurt place. I personally bring him. I tell Matt and I tell little Ben, listen, I know we got two hot dog machines left over from uh, Hogan's Beach that we had. Put him, give the guy a hot dog machine. So I, I tell them both, they both bring him one. I had to go take one back. We're here to take up the hot dog machine. But I said, you know, put the hot dog machine there, sell him out the goddamn window of John's Pass, and make some money. And I twist his arm to do it. I had to bring him a hot dog. And he's not even my tenant. He's my neighbor. I brought him a hot dog machine for him to sell hot dogs out of his yoga joint. Anyway. And they did sell some. They sold some. You with me. But now they got to spend a little money and make it a pass-through window. The window's right on the sidewalk. You put up a freaking sign, hot dogs, you get three bucks a pop. They cost like 20 cents. And the bun's another 10. He's into the whole thing for 30, 40 cents with mustard and relish. He can sell for 10 times that. Aaron, you're going over there selling hot dogs this weekend at John's Pass. I'm going to buy you a hot dog cart. That's what I'm going to do. Aaron's Hot Dogs. Aaron's Aaron's (laughs) Jewish Hot Dogs. All right, what else we got? We got some Super Chats. Super Chats. Shout out to iFix Boats. Who? I fix boats. I fix boats. Oh, I, hopefully my boat don't need no fixing. We fixed it. Oh, shit. I still got a boat for sale. Yeah. Now I had to move it over to that guy. Oh, that was a disaster. Trying to move the guy. 199. You wear a helmet? No helmet, Laura, Florida. Thanks, no. Ben, for the quality you know content. Helmet, huh? What? Thanks, Ben, for the quality content that I watch daily. Thank you very much for watching. We appreciate it. What else? We got nothing else to do but miserable real... I'll tell you right now, if you own real estate, you better get your shit together. You better be on top of it like you've never been on top of it before in your life. Because uh, it's looking really weird. We're not over. We're not out of the woods. Okay? The money ain't flowing. The planes ain't flying. The players ain't playing. All right? What else? Nothing from you, nothing from yeah, you. I go David now. David G, thanks for the five dollars. I'm David 40. G, cheap coat. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm forty-seven, worth about five. Mio, you worth five million dollars. You only send me five dollars. That's not even like. No, I'm just kidding. You worth five million bucks. What are you gonna do with, with it? A, with tell me, I don't know what to do with, with my 800, money. Hundred thousand cash and no debt. What would you buy to generate about ten grand per month income to live off? The next many years. All right. Seriously, if you got 800 cash, you know, you know, and you don't want to have a lot of responsibility and you want to use it as income and you want it to be safe, then you better look for triple net deals where there's no management, there's no nothing. You know, you may have to go out of your area, which it doesn't matter because you're not managing it. I got three triple net deals that are 500 miles away. I don't worry about it. It's not my problem. All they got to do is pay me the rent. And then I got it set up where they pay the rent 
to an account, the bank takes the mortgage out of that same account, and then whatever's left is clearly mine. I don't pay any bills, not taxes, not insurance, not nothing. So look for a seven cap, let's see, $800,000. If you spread that out and use 20, 25% down, you could probably do up to four deals. You need to go out and look for like four $1 million deals or two $2 million deals. If you find a $1 million deal and you put $200,000 down on it and you finance the other $800,000 on the million, million, then the $800,000 is going to cost you roughly about uh, $2,000 a month. So if you got, you know, uh, $2,000 a month to pay the bank, and if you get yourself a seven cap, that's seventy grand a year on that million dollar property. Out of the seventy, you give the bank their twenty five or whatever it is, and you're left with forty five on a two hundred thousand dollar investment. So you could probably get that ten grand a month with only four hundred that grand out of the eight hundred. All right, we you gotta go. All right, already. I'm telling the guy what to do with his goddamn eight hundred grand. So you can get $10,000 a month. You know, you need to find deals and then finance them. The thing about triple net is the beauty of it is you finance it. You're borrowing money at 3 or 4%, but you're collecting 6 or 7 So that spread is yours, which increases your return on your investment. Okay? If you just pay cash a million dollars, you're only going to get seventy grand a year. Right, but you have to put up a million dollars for it. If you only put two hundred thousand up, and you get forty-five, you're not better shape because you can do more deals. All right, next, and go with stuff that's necessity: Walgreens, grocery stores, auto parts stores, you know, things like that. All right, good luck. Take care. What's up? We got a caller. We got a caller. We got a caller. Good evening, Ben. This is Leo calling from your favorite place on earth, New York City. New York City! <laughs> is there, was, was there a commercial where the guy used to go, where's this sauce from? New York City! Alright, so what's New up? York. What part of New York City? Oh, Queens. Queens. Queens oh, yeah? Yep. Okay. So, what can we do for right you? Bye bye. You're the story? No, by Regal Park. Regal you know, Park. Like Left Rack City. Left Rack City. People don't know, but Left Rack is like two big builders. And you have all these apartments built by a guy named Left Rack. Trump built a shitload of apartments. And then there's some other big shots. But anyway, so what can we do for you? Happens to be that um, a family member of mine has three multifamily homes that they haven't paid the mortgage in about, let's say, eight years. So now she's, you know, she's a little bit of an older age. She's about, I don't know, 65, getting towards like 70, so like more like 68. And she's thinking, well, you know, I haven't paid the, 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 my, my houses in a couple of years. But uh, I wanted to leave something for the family. Um, she wants to know if she can, how she gets back on track in terms of uh, paying off the mortgage. 
but now imagine eight years. What, what, what is your experience in that, Ben? Did you say eight years? She couldn't have gone out paid a mortgage in eight years. No bank's going to go for that. Eight years has been. Eight no years lie. has it been a friggin' mortgage on three different properties? On three different properties. <laughs> and is it all the same bank? Uh, two are the same bank. And what are the banks doing? Nothing? They haven't told her nothing? They haven't foreclosed on her? Nothing? I think they're going through a foreclosure, something like that now. But she got a she got something recently in the mail saying that um, if you get if if we do a payment mortgage payment by the first of next month, then we could get back on on the on the payment or get it back up to date on everything. Listen, it sounds like. You know, you or somebody needs to step in right away, right away, and get a hold of that settlement agreement letter. You need to cut a deal if they haven't foreclosed on it, her. Damn, nigga, fuck you, nigga. Think y'all gonna scare me and tell me about what y'all gonna do to me? you rape my mama. That's been fuck you, Muslim, nigga. You niggas been pedophile for the longest. You niggas been pedophile as long as your religion been in existence, nigga. You niggas been fucking babies and boys and goats and, 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 and queers as long as Islam been in religion, bitch. I, I used to be one of you niggas. And I, and I refused to stop eating pork. So I said, fuck you niggas. Because I, listen. I sold barbecue four years ago, and the Muslim niggas used to come through playing like they can taste pork. So one day, I cut the motherfucking chopped beef with pulled pork and served it to Muslim niggas, unbeknownst to them. They didn't know they was eating pork. They were chewing that motherfucking pork. Them motherfucking Muslims can't tell when they taste the motherfucking pork. So I sold them niggas pork for all summer long. Yeah, nigga, now sue me. Yeah, I sold pork till I cut the chopped beef with pulled pork all summer long, and not one goddamn Muslim could tell the difference. Because all them bitches is sneaking and eating pork. Or if they ain't eating pork, they suck pussy, so they taste buds is thrown off to the pork. Yeah, them there. I, I, I feel good sneaking and selling them niggas $10 chop beef sandwiches with that pulled pork cut up in it, nigga. Straight disrespecting you, nigga. Yeah, get mad about that, nigga. I did that five years ago. Bitch ass nigga. Yeah, go try to stir me on the internet. All you niggas trying to stir me on the internet. Catch a plane, nigga, and show up in person and make everybody in the city say, say, them niggas out of New York City looking for you, nigga. Say, it's the niggas out of California asking about you. Do that, nigga, bad motherfucker. Make Farrakhan have a million man march down here. He ain't done nothing in a while, no way, for he getting too old anyway. Yeah, he getting too old. And Facebook don't want to hear the motherfucker. Y'all don't know what to do. You can't listen to him.
Yeah, we sick of that old nigga anyway. We want to hear from NBA Youngboy. Don't nobody want to hear shit from Farrakhan. We want to hear from Fujiano. We don't want to hear shit from no goddamn Muslim, nigga. You nigga can't rap. <laughs> yeah, you nigga stick to providing security at the funerals and, and shaking down rappers. But don't nobody want to hear shit no nigga talking about thumping no Quran. Nigga, we want to hear from Lil Baby. We don't want to hear from you bitch ass Muslim nigga. So shut up, Farrakhan. Don't go inside and talk. Don't come out here and talk. It's a new day, Farrakhan. And don't nobody want to hear no shit about no spaceship go come rescue all us niggas. If a spaceship come right now, I ain't getting on no motherfucking spaceship with no Muslim niggas. I don't trust no Muslim. Mother didn't trust you niggas. I don't trust no nigga that don't eat bacon. And all our life, we was trained and brought up to eat bacon. Any nigga don't eat bacon and suck pussy is an oxymoron to me. Period point blank. I nigga gonna give up bacon instead of putting his motherfucking head between a whole leg and suck up pussy. Nigga, fuck you, nigga. Now all you niggas do it. All you Muslim niggas do it. Go quit the pole and suck the pussy. You're stupid. You're dumb. You're ignorant. Fuck you. And fuck your religion, nigga. Yeah, nigga, it's funny to me. It's funny to me. <laughs> yeah, and I don't believe none of you niggas is bad enough to come do nothing to me and let the world see that y'all pussies to the white boy. Y'all didn't do nothing for Tamir Rice. Y'all didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. You bitch-ass niggas, Muslim niggas, didn't do nothing for Breonna Taylor. Y'all didn't do nothing for Eric Garner. Y'all let the white boy choke the big old nigga out. The big old nigga got his hands up. He's supposed to have been throwing elbows. Get off me, nigga. Bigger than he was, he let the little bitty white boy jump on his back. Them ain't the kind of nigga we are down here. Them ain't the kind of niggas we are. We ain't just laying now. George Floyd is in Indianapolis. He just laid there and let the nigga put his knee on his neck. Nigga, fishes flop out of water. You ever seen a fish when you get him in the boat? He flopping like a motherfucker. He want to get back in the water. Fuck, that nigga didn't want to live. Don't fiend that nigga. Swallow dope. The white folk one line on that nigga, the nigga had fentanyl in his system. That's a dope fiend, ain't it? The nigga died with fentanyl in the system. And the best thing could have happened to him is for him to die. The nigga left his daughter 20 million. That nigga could have lived to be 100 years old. He wouldn't have been able to leave his daughter 20 million. He couldn't have never been able to leave his pretty little daughter 20 million. They done that baby a favor. He wasn't shit. The nigga was in and out of jail. The nigga kicked in a door. Boom. That nigga kicked in a motherfucking door. And put a gun to a black woman's belly while she was pregnant. Robbing them. How you know that ain't his fate? He wasn't trying to redeem that. He went to making porn with white bitches. The nigga was a porn star with white bitches. So let me tell you something, Stack Five. 
Basketball playing ass nigga. Big old tall nigga. Fuck your brother, nigga. And fuck you too, nigga. Say, listen, if he was your brother or he was your nigga, what in the fuck that nigga was doing downtown in Indianapolis with a fake $20 bill? You must have loved that nigga that much. Nigga, I got some people I can go get $20 for, nigga. And I ain't got to go try to pass no $20 bill with no dope fiend nigga and no dope fiend bitch. And the answer was that the uh, people in the military police were way more satisfied with that than people in the Air Force. This was very puzzling because almost no one got promoted in the military police and everyone got promotions in the Air Force. So why would people be more satisfied in the military police? Well, the answer is that so many people got promoted in the Air Force that getting promoted was meaningless, right? Um, so few people got promoted. The, the median condition in the military police was not getting promoted. So if you didn't get promoted in the military police, you're like, well, no one is. It's fine. If you didn't get promoted in the, mil in the Air Force, oh, man, you're devastated because everyone's getting promoted, right? And if you did get promoted, it's like, who cares? Everyone's getting promoted. So it's like, do you see that the, the <laughs> it's this totally inverted thing. You think that you're making life better by promoting everyone, but you're not. You're simply creating, you're simply altering the set of existing expectations. Um, so the, so yeah, I don't know whether you can, um, messing around with hierarchies is a very, 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 very tricky business. And it's probably better just to try to avoid them when you can. Thanks. Uh, go ahead. Hi, Malcolm. Thanks for coming in. Um, my question is a little bit around, I guess, your media diet. Obviously, as someone that writes a lot about social science, you have to go through a lot of academic journals. But what I was actually really interested to see was that you had a really, I think, cogent and, and fluent conversation with Bill Simmons, often on his blog, about sports and different topics. So I was wondering a little bit about your media diet outside the academic journal sphere and like how you kind of keep your mind and horizon broad across yeah. different topics. Well, I'm a huge sports fan, so there's an enormous amount of consumption of sports-related stuff. Uh, and um, particularly these days, I, I spend an enormous amount of time watching obscure European track and field meets on sort of live streams at 2 in the morning. Um, so there's that. And then, uh, but I think, you know, my strategy has always been you can't, you have to very consciously differentiate yourself from where you think your professional peer group is going. Um, so the, to the extent that people are my, to the extent that people migrate to things that are accessible online, I feel I should migrate to things that are inaccessible online. So the value or to the extent that people stop reading books and read, I feel I need to read more books. Um, so I've been, what I've been trying to do is to kind of, it's why I spend a lot of time in actual physical libraries reading things in hard copy because there's a kind of a serendipity that you get when you, this is not in any way meant as a criticism, by the way, of 
search engines, for example, <laughs> which are incredibly useful, but they are, but they, you know, they also have limitations. They reward a certain kind of serendipity and they punish another kind of serendipity, right? And if you really want to, if you're interested in serendipitous learning, as I am, much of what I uncover is uncovered serendipitously. You have to be a student of all of the different mechanisms of chance encounters with the unusual and the insightful. And so that means that not only do I spend a lot of time screwing around online on databases, but I also very, very consciously make sure that I go to physical libraries and walk through the stacks and even something as simple as you're interested in one book and then you go and you just look at all of the books that surround it, right? And the connections are not always, the connections are, there's, there are connections between them, but it's a different kind of connection than they would be connected online. It's not a keyword connection, right? It's a thematic connection or it's a, so there's all these sorts of, you have to be a student of these kinds of, um, of the, of the different ways in which ideas cluster. Um, and so that, and I've been, I've thought a lot about that in recent years as a way of distinguishing myself from um, other journalists. Thank you. Hi, I have a quick question. In your last uh, book, Outliers, you spoke about uh, the advantages of, you know, whether it's being born in a certain year or having access to the earliest computers and stuff like that. And in this book, you have a whole new section called the disadvantages of being advantageous. Mm -hmm. I was wondering if you see a contradiction or if how do you reconcile the two? Yeah. Well, I have several answers to that question. Um, uh, so there's clearly a difference between, the notion that I play with in this book is called desirable difficulty. And desirable difficulty is a class of, uh, of difficulties that have paradoxical outcomes that force you to do things that end up being advantageous. So um, there's, a whole, there's a whole school of, of research around these people at UCLA called the Bjorks who try and uncover specific examples of desirable difficulties. A good one would be, for example, a simple one would be um, studying strategies uh, the, to the extent that you can make your studying process more difficult, you will retain more information. So the Bjorks have these beautiful data that says if you're learning um, something very complex, um, the best thing to do is to learn it in small chunks. So say I have three tasks that require mastery. I have two choices. I can master the first, master the second, and master the third, or I can break up all the learning into 10-minute chunks and do 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. They say do the latter, even though it's harder, even though you have to start over. I challenge any grown man, homie, on this internet talking, nigga. Produce, this is how you separate the man from the boy. Niggas, get out them corners. Take that camera out that corner and flip around. Let's see how you niggas living, homie. For you to have so much, see, this is what make me such a bad motherfucker. And I, I, yeah, I can pat myself on the back. 
See, because I can stand on this shit, my nigga. All the shit that I'm saying, I can stand on. I can pull you news articles. Man, I've been doing this. Man, let's come over here and do this. Come, I can do that. They can't, homie. They got to put themselves in front of the camera and talk for drama. I'm talking for change. It's just I got a bunch of niggas bringing a bunch of drama to me. I came to the internet positive. But I got so much hate on the internet, nigga, I'm going to reflect what's before me. I'm going to reflect what's before me, nigga. And you think I'm going to get an internet the real me? They going to keep getting this goddamn character that they tuned in. They'll never get the real me. Monster Cody, you can go get all you can go get all them OGs that that's that's on camera talking and ask them to show you how they live and where they live and you'll see, man, they really homeless. OG Percy is a crack addict, huh? Everybody know he smoked crack, huh? That's a dope fiend. That's a dope fiend, huh? I ain't never smoked crack. So I'm saying, okay, that's why they love DMX. They loving the dope. Man, this is the dope crack babies. They despise their mamas, but they idolize the dope fiend rappers, the dope fiend gangsters, but they resent their mothers. They resent their grandmothers for being dope fiends. Only to look at these men to idolize, not look up to. They don't look up to these men. They idolize. So I'm saying, man, uh, the only reason we went back and forward is because I spoke on something and it was right. Y'all fighting for what, homie? Y'all finna do a fight for what? Two black men finna fight for what? So now, we done tricked the world to believe that only black men can solve their problems is in the boxing ring. Like they you have, said, let's have a spelling bee, right? Man, a debate. <laughs> nigga, let's nigga, let's have a let's let's have a, a obstacle. Let's go do an obstacle course, nigga. Why you didn't tell us before we pay rent on the first? If you're not paying rent next month, we're gonna use that as our security deposit. Find yeah, but did and you I'm tell trying him, to make it. Did you Go tell ahead. him, listen, you're not moving right away. Takes time to That's sell a house. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no. I, didn't, I didn't. But now they don't want to pay rent. They want to use a security deposit for next month. So how do you deal with selling a property with tenants in it? Like, I ever done it, they don't want you to sell it. <sighs> it sounds like they can't buy the place. You know, so, you know, I'm going to tell you, you know, you, you know, what you want to do is just listen, you know, communication is, is really, you know, if you can go there and communicate with them and say, listen, you know, the point is this, it, I can't sell nothing overnight. I'm going to have to give you at least 30 days notice before you have to leave. Okay. When I give you the 30 days notice. Then you can worry about leaving. Right now, you ain't got to move, so pay your rent and don't worry about it. And we might not even be able to sell, tell them. You know, we just we want to see right. because, you know, my family needs the money or, you know, and, you know, and um, the times are rough. What are we going to do? You got to go try to communicate with people, explain to them. 
And tell them, listen, if you need help paying your rent, you know, them bitches, agencies out there will help them too. You know, with moving, you know, whatever, you know. Right. You, you better go try to, you know, try to make up talk with them. Him. You better go talk to them. You're a smart guy. You never talk to people. And go talk to them yeah. and tell them, uh, and tell them, you know, listen, this is the situation. I'm not selling tomorrow. I'm going to give you 30 days notice before you got to move. As soon as I know for sure that I'm selling it, like when you get a guy that goes hard on a contract, that's when you have to give notice. And make sure when you right. sell it, you tell them, listen, I can't sell until 30 days and, you know, give notice to tenants 30 days. But go over there and make a deal with them and kiss up and make up and okay. tell them, listen, you got to pay your rent. You know, pay your rent. Okay. I'm not selling right now. No, nothing's selling in this market. You tell them whatever the hell you got to tell them. Get that goddamn rent money. All right. All right. I was going to tell them I plan on giving you a $500. If I do sell it, I don't There you go. Like tell them that. But tell them, tell them you're going to give them time okay. to move. You're going to have time to move. I'm going to give you 500 okay. bucks. Everything's going to be fine. Just please work with me here. Pay the rent. Let's, you know, and just, you know, that's it. All right? Right. All right. Good luck Got to it. you. I'll be seeing you soon. I'm going to contact you when I'm coming out that way. I'll let you All buy right, me man, lunch. All right. Take care, George. All right. Bye. All right. So what else we got? Are we done for the night? Yeah, we have, uh, we're over, over an hour, right? right. Oh, over an hour. That's enough. I'm tired. I got to figure out what the hell I'm going to do tomorrow to straighten my life out. I appreciate all everybody that's been sending me information on how to invest money. I don't know that goddamn, uh, what's it called? Crypto scares me. Because I don't know where the hell money's going. What does it mean? Crypto and Bitcoin and, you know, the money's just floating around or what? I don't know. We just got to say thank you to some super chats. Some people just threw uh, Oh, throw in a super chat. Let's super chat. Hey, let's have a chat. A super chat. Piranha Canals, thanks for the $10. What do you think about mobile homes on permanent foundation and land? Thanks for having part of your life on camera. Mobile homes on permanent foundations? Yep. That's a high-class mobile home, baby. Uh, I mean, you know, it depends. Is it a park? Is it sitting on land by itself? I mean, you know, everything has a value. You know, I mean, if you can rent it or if you can sell it and somebody wants to live there. You know, I've dealt with, you know, I haven't dealt with a lot with mobile homes, but manufactured housing is housing. You know, if it serves a purpose to house somebody and you collect rent, then, or if somebody wants to buy it to live in, then it's got a value and you rent it out. I mean, you should be trying to rent it out cheaper because manufactured housing is a lot less value, you know, considerably than the um, stick-built housing. So, you know, it's fine. I, I mean, I used to, you know what I made a lot of money on? The manufactured housing, they used to bring them in by trucks. But they bring in 140 of them and, you know, and they all set up like fourplexes. It's called cardinal housing. I owned a lot of cardinal housing that was built back in the 80s. And it was fine. I bought it. I fixed it. I rented it. I sold it. I mean, anything is has a value if it's livable and there's somebody that wants to live in it and pay for it. So, yeah, do it. Do anything you can to make money. I don't care if it's a mobile home park or whatever it is. As long as it's legal and and somebody it's decent enough for somebody to live in and you can make money on it, do it. What else you got? 
Shaw Shaw Merritt. Thanks for the four ninety nine. Ben, you should buy the land next to Madeira Beach Marina and build a nice condo or hotel. Madeira Beach Marina. I think all that property was already bought up, and a big hotel just went up. If that's what you're talking about, I don't know. I'll look into it. Madeira Beach Marina. But I think it's already been done, and there's big development plans going on right now. But I did bid on all that land, but then I got outbid. But I'm not a developer. I ain't putting out no big money on development. What else you got? William Burkhead, thanks for the $5. Ben, did you ever take downtime once you made a few million? <coughs> How do you avoid burnout? When is the next seminar? Thank you. I mean, you know, I, I definitely, you got to take downtime once you make your money. And, you know, you got to enjoy life. I've done plenty of vacations, traveling, you know, not as much as I want to. But let me tell you, I'm going to be free from this prison in four more years, baby. Maybe three if you graduate a year early. If you really cared about me and you really wanted me to enjoy my life and start my retirement and be free... He'll do it in about three years, okay? We'll see. I'm happy to do it. Good. Let's happy. see you do it. So, anyway, um, what else you got? Jake Y., thanks for the four ninety nine. Ben, I'm closing on my first deal in two weeks. Thanks to you and your family. Thank you. Except Farrakhan broke. So, nigga, I'm trying to give me some goddamn money. Uh, peel me some money. Touch me some bitches. Mac and Slackjack. <laughs> go fuck on the beach. Uh, lay in a hot tub, nigga. And pop grapes in my mouth. And, yeah, and fuck plenty of bitches. But, yeah, nigga. Damn. That's what I'm saying. You know, like, that type of lifestyle, entertainment, shit like that. You don't be worried. Yeah. Like, people try to cancel you. Stop opportunities. Man, I've been like doing that before I got here. I've been fucking bitches. Oh, nigga, I've been a hell of a <laughs> nigga. So, nah, who go? Listen, homie, can't nobody stop no hell of a nigga. Man, can't nobody. Nick Cannon ain't no hell of a nigga. He let them stop him down. He let them kick. He supposed to go do his own motherfucking thing. Start doing his own goddamn show. Man, can't nobody stop no hell of a nigga unless they kill him. And even if they kill him, can't nobody stop him. Nigga still playing Nipsey Hustle. Nigga still playing Tupac. So you can't stop no hell of a motherfucking nigga. For so. So no, man. Oh. No, man. Nigga better not fuck with me. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, earlier you had uh, spoke on uh, Farrakhan shit like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't fuck with Farrakhan. Yeah, what's your uh, what's your? Issue I used to be a Muslim. Oh, uh, this is my issue, homie. Uh, we gotta listen to a man. Yeah, yeah. Why God got to tell him everything, and he don't tell us nothing. Why God teach man? No, homie. Why, why, man? Why, why we got to have a man? And this man don't seem to have no flaws, but all us got flaws. He ain't got no flaws. We don't know what he do wrong. At least y'all know I smoke weed. I cuss. I call a woman a bitch. Oh, <laughs> uh, so my flaws is shown, right? Uh, Obama, man, this man didn't have no flaws. Nah, homie, them ain't our men. We need to see men with flaws. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, 
I don't follow no man, homie. I ain't have no daddy. So what the fuck I'm going to follow Farrakhan for? He followed Elijah Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad followed Farad Muhammad. All these niggas following, man. Fuck them niggas, homie. I need to see something else other than a nigga talking, telling me about a book he done read. Nigga, why we can't see his spirit like we seen grandmama them spirit in that kitchen making that food, nigga? We saw them women's spirit, nigga, when we were sick and they took us to the doctor. So how I'm going to reject, nigga, what she gave me, the love I got from this woman who told me about the God she served. Ain't now nigga gave, Farrakhan ain't gave us that love. He ain't, gave, he ain't fed the village like Maria and Mama and them feed these fed people. All the niggas that got to know Farrakhan got to go to jail to know him, homie. We don't know him from the world. You was blessed to know him through your grandmother. But sure. because of who your grandmother was, you got the favor from him. Nigga, if your grandmother's, you see what I'm saying? Your grandmother. Yeah. So, uh, it's not to, I ain't, I ain't got no leader. I come from some old niggas don't hear nothing Farrakhan got to say. And I ain't never heard him say kill no white person, huh? Now, I don't promote killing in nobody. But nigga, I done participated in some things. <laughs> I done participated in some things, nigga. And what I participated in and what we were doing to white people who we thought was our enemy based on what we heard the old niggas say, man... I don't hear Farrakhan or no other person talk like that. They ain't really mad at white folk. So I'm saying, oh, man, he talk good for them jailhouse niggas that don't have no identity as no man. I don't speak Arabic. I don't know now slave that did. I told you I can trace my name back to the plantation. And I talked to people that were born in the 30s, in the 40s, right now today. And they say, no, nah, man, we don't want to hear nothing them niggas talking about with no Koran. So, you know, what changed for you? Like, because you say you was practicing. Yeah, yeah, I was Muslim. So, I didn't want to stop eating pork. Yeah, I was mm -hmm. a Muslim who never quit eating pork. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I snuck and ate it for a while. And since I was the gang leader... I said, fuck it, yeah, nigga. I ate pork in front of them niggas. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, they came, they had a pizza party one time. And 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 them niggas had an all cheese pizza that was Muslim. And that motherfucking pepperoni and sausage with them peppers on that motherfucker looked way better than that cheese pizza. <laughs> so yeah, I publicly ate pork in front of the Muslim niggas in uh the Imam Omar Sharif. Yeah, so ever since then, I've said, yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> I was playing anyway. Yeah, my mama, Jesus loving. I really loved Jesus. I was just being rebellious because I was mad at God for letting me get locked up for killing that white man. Mm. Yeah, I wasn't no real motherfucking Muslim. And don't no real Muslim blow themselves up like the real Muslim. Them the real motherfucking Muslim. Yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I, be, I, don't, I don't know what they teaching them. But whatever it is, it's, it's some shit. Cause I don't know no other religion that'll kill themselves. Yeah. These 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 black Muslims, these niggas just playing. These niggas just angry at their daddies and and barking at white folk. Mm 
you ain't never seen none of these Muslim niggas blow up a car. Yeah, they don't even know. dedicated for real. Yeah, yeah, them <laughs> niggas just sell newspapers and fruits and wear bow ties. Them other Muslims don't even wear bow ties. Yeah, them other white boy Muslims and long real Muslims, they don't even wear a bow tie. They wear dresses. <laughs> Escalade or his navigator blocking the damn boat. The keys are with him out. Who the hell knows where across the state? And I gotta get the goddamn boat out of there. And uh, that was a fiasco. Does anybody want to buy a 27 foot Formula PC? Brand Come on. new paint. Come on, we're lowering the price. Brand new paint. That boat is beautiful and it runs perfect. I'm telling did, you now. It did run good. I'll tell you what, it's worth 50 grandy all day long. 30 grand right now, 30, contact yeah, 30. Rafal. 30 grand, you gotta pick it up, and I can't guarantee the trailer, no. Because the trailer's not mine. But I'll try, I'll help you get a trailer, and the trailer ain't gonna cost you no more than a grand or two. Yeah, go to Okay, it. come on, come on down, and look at that boat. What's the name of uh, Justin's uh, truck place you got Go at? to Ameritruck Sales if you need a truck. Is that the same name? He normally changes his name so. all the Does time because he? he's always in trouble or something. I don't know. Oh, it's on Highway 19, Ameritruck Sales, and it's call us and let's do it. All right, what else you got? AJ White, thanks for the $20. Thank you very Appreciate much. Appreciate it. David Almendarez, thanks for the $2. Shout out to Crazy Jewish. Crazy Jewish. For four ninety nine. Cheap Jew. Ben, are you looking forward to Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur. I don't even have a yarmulke. I mean, you know, honestly, I'm I'm not religious, so you know, the holidays are the holidays are the holidays. That's not true. You are religious on Jewish holidays. You turn religious. He turns into a real... Can I say Jew? Yeah. A Jew. And you're a liar. Not a liar. You are a liar. How many times have I ever been to synagogue do you know of the whole time you've been on this earth? How many times? It's not that. How many times? It's in our house. It's what? Here. You don't he know what Jewish is. Let me tell you. Jew. You don't even know what Jewish is. I'm serious. They got so many things going on. You he turns blow your into mind. a real Jew. Quiet before I make you go get bar mitzvahed. You know what the Jews will do all they're drinking? I didn't even get a bar mitzvah. I didn't get one. I'll get you one. I'm good. You ain't going to do it. Okay. I didn't even do it. All right, move on. What else you got, Jew boy? IGH Properties, thanks for the $49.99. All right, big money for file. You're going to be eating some sausage tonight. And maybe a bite. (laughs) Don't take that wrong. Anyway, what else you got? (laughs) David Alvarez, thanks again for five dollars. When's Mike Bonus and Polly gonna be on the podcast? Mike Bonus is a pain in my onus. Okay, you better get out there and you better get the goddamn vacancies we're getting in retail. We just heard from a mattress store going dark. 
all right? He's sitting on plenty of empty space, and he ain't getting it rented. And in, I don't know, you know, it's a tough time, a tough market, but Mike Bonus has also got to try to help me with investments. Uh, I'll get him on there. I'll get him on there. He'll be around. What else we got? Paulie. Paulie's out there taking care of pot mills all over the damn state. That guy goes, travels hundreds and hundreds of miles a day. A day. Yeah, a day. Has to go to this building or that building over here and all in the middle of nowhere. What else you got? The doctor, thanks for the 100th 